yes, a non-WWE guy debuts in AEW. Oh my god! I hope you guys are keeping well. Welcome to another episode of the Crossface with Costin with yours truly here, Costin. I hope you guys are keeping well and having a wonderful day. First and foremost, I gotta say thank you very much for showing the support and love for the chat for the channel, for the show, and everything. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please do me a favor, hit that sub button for the channel. Make sure to like the video and also share it out. It always helps our algorithm, specifically for the video in question. And also, if you're listening on podcast format, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor, leave a review. It helps us tremendously alongside also with Google Podcasts and Spotify and all the other podcast uh, formats out there. Please do me a favor, share the podcast, get the word out, get the face out. But ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about AEW last weekend review. Uh, well, the weekend review of the last few shows we saw. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up here, okay? So the episode today is going to be relatively short. Uh, I am away on business. Now, obviously not right now because I am home. But you guys will see there's a, a rig here that's missing. So this is actually up north. So I'm away on business for the next kind of two weeks or so. So for me to be able to output some of these shows at a longer format, it's a little difficult because I'm only home for like a day or two on the weekends. So I'm going to try to give you the shows regardless, but it's going to be a little bit more shorter because that's just how that has to be, unfortunately. Uh, regardless of that, I want to talk about AEW, what we saw, what we enjoyed, and everything of that nature. So, without further ado, let's get into AEW Dynamite this past week, where we saw Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Adam Cole. Have a little bit of a teaser, by the way. Potentially Young Bucks and Red Dragon going at it. Which I'm totally for. I would love to see those two tag teams go at it one another. Because in all reality, they'll put on a fantastic show for every single one of us. Now, I'm pretty sure they've competed before, I think. Don't quote me on that. So, we're going to leave it there. But regardless of that, in AEW, I think these two would do, would do fantastic work. Again, I, we talked about this before with uh, Adam Cole. No, with Kyle O'Reilly and, uh, and Bobby Fish. I think the finisher needs a little bit of work, but regardless of that, they're fantastic competitors in that ring, and I'd love to see these guys truly compete against one another. A little teaser there. Again, long-term storytelling, kind of have that slow animosity growing, and that's a fantastic approach to it. However, the biggest thing about this promo that I would like to, or this promo segment that I'd like to talk about is finally Adam Cole and Britt Baker coming together. Oh, my heart melted. It is so nice to see real life couples working together happily it's really nice to see because obviously they've been uh, apart you know she was in AEW, he was in wwe uh and it's kind of nice to see them kind of coming together and really working together hand in hand um and i know adam cole kind of teased the whole concept of you know this is a new era that's in AEW, um because obviously the undisputed era in nxt so that it's a new era in in uh, aew i like to call it now the elite era is here you know what i mean so i i do like the fact that they're working together i do find they're a fantastic power couple both of them work so very very well in that ring and it actually went to show uh on on rampage with adam cole taking on trent and my god fantastic phenomenal match those guys put it on on the fucking line and i loved every minute of it i told you before i'm very impressed with trent because of the individual who has been out on neck fusion surgery six months ago 
That is a tremendous return. The guy looks phenomenal too. I'm going to say that right now. But great match beginning to end. Obviously, we had that uh, the promo and segment in Dynamite uh, showcase them. Adam Cole was going to have the Young Bucks kiss the cheeks. She comes in, kisses him instead. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. But I'm really happy to see them working together uh, once again. Now, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on a lot of these things because I, I, this is not going to be a long show. But we're going to move on from there. and We're going to see Wardlow versus CM Punk. Now, I'm going to say this one thing right now. The color contrast on Wardlow's gear, I liked it. I liked it a lot. The guy looked phenomenal. I liked him. I'm starting to actually grow a little bit on Wardlow because he is actually pretty good tactical, uh, tactical competitor in the ring when he's actually in the ring with somebody else who's been more of a veteran. So I like that approach to him. Obviously, MJF spitting... Do it again, powerbomb again, powerbomb him on the outside, this, that, and the other. Really good back and forth between the two. And it's really good to put Wardlow in a position where he's got to fight another guy who's been involved in the industry for a long period of time. But really good from both of them. I love the match. It was really interesting to see. Really good to see Punk being thrown around all over the place. But it, sh it, it really sold Wardlow as this tough competitor that you really got to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, powerbomb galore. Eight powerbombs. Powerbomb to the outside table. Went back in the ring. Tried to go for another one. But then Punk actually managed to roll up Wardlow, giving him the, the victory. Now, these two individuals had an um, undefeated streak going into this. I was originally contemplating that MJF was going to screw uh cm punk out of a match and give it to wardlow due to disqualification however i obviously AEW didn't go that route they had one dq already we're gonna leave it at that now we're gonna focus on the actual doing a full match um the one thing i do like is how the end sequence where punk rolled up wardlow into a roll of victory it was very similar to how bret hardy and kevin nash was at the time too uh, they had one match where Kevin Nash was prominently dominant throughout the match and tried to go for the, his uh, his powerbomb. And then, yeah, so Bret Hart got out of that, rolled him up, got the three, well, three count, and got the victory for it. Um, so it was a very similar approach. They both did very well. I really loved how everything went through there. I loved at the end where MJF obviously was getting to Wardlow, pointing at his chest, you know, telling him how he lost his hat. And the other Wardlow starting to get that tease of, prying his hand off his chest and the potential of him smacking the living ever shit out of mjf didn't happen but regardless of that really good segment towards it so it was very very good to see again that small tease that wardlow is going to be positioning and pres position himself away from mjf uh i think obviously the the, the 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 obvious candidate here is that wardlow at one point will when that whole breakdown goes have a feud with sean spears potentially leading to mjf down the line we're not only seeing an art form on display, but we're also seeing really great storytelling that's going to obviously progress as the weeks progress and we move on. I know that they have their next pay-per-view, I believe, in March that I've been advised. So really good overall storytelling with these guys. Um, also, ignore the mess back there. I will clean it up, all right? I'm away on business. Leave me alone. But we're going to move on from here to Hobbs and Dante, Dante Martin. Whew, I liked this match a lot. And the reason why is because there's such a contrast of styles between Dante and Hobbs that you go into this match, you always kind of have a concern about that type of stuff as well because when you have a contrast of styles, you got to make sure that the individuals who are you working with can adapt to be able to showcase your style against somebody who's completely opposite. These two worked splendidly well together. I think both of them had fantastic uh, capabilities to really work off of one another very well. Hobbs, that powerhouse concept where he can stop Dante in any type of format. 
Dante, that quick pace, high action, flying combat where he's coming from all over the place trying to take Hobbs down. Overall, it was a good it was a good start because it started quickly and it showcased Dante's capabilities. Hobbs stopped that immediately with that fantastic spine buster on the outside. I did like that spine buster. I did get a little bit of Arn Anderson feel to that one, but it was a really well done spine buster. And I think Hobbs is really showcasing himself as definitely another powerhouse to look out for in the AEW brand. He's really, I don't really feel he's the best when it comes to mic work or character development, but regardless in the ring, he's definitely able to showcase that style of uniqueness to him that really kind of pinpoints why everyone likes to put him in the spotlight sometimes. You know, Ambrose did the same thing with him as well. They put him in the spotlight. You know, we're given the spotlight right now with Taz putting him in the spotlight. So there is obviously something there in him that a lot of people really do enjoy. Like I said, he did showcase to me in that match that he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. But yeah, Hobbs and Dante, they, they did wonders. In the end of the match, obviously, we saw uh, Ricky Starks getting a little bit more involved. And then we saw the introduction of Jay Lethal into the whole mix. So now we're obviously taking a newcomer into the AEW, which, who, by the way, we haven't seen since his matching in Sammy Guevara. Probably we've seen him on AEW Dark. I don't watch that that often. So I didn't really, I haven't really seen him since that match with Sammy. But now they're introducing him again, but now he's going to be involved more into this matchup. And I think Dante and Jay Lethal coming together, oh, I'm I'm sold. I'm 100% sold on this because those guys, specifically Jay Lethal, being the absolute veteran in the industry, is going to add so much more uniqueness to this type of, style of, of confrontation. So you don't know if we're going to see Ricky Starks taking on Jay Lethal or Jay Lethal taking on Hobbs or anything of that nature. But these guys working well together and they're starting to come together like this. And like I said before, I like how AEW does this. They don't use the same people over and 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 over again every single week. Obviously, if they're in a main storyline and there's something that's being involved with them, they will utilize them because you got to. You're going to build a story. But like Jade Cargill, the individual who won our brand new TBS champion, was not used this week. Actually, just kind of like a little bit of a video promo, but that's about it. And I kind of like that, that we're not using every single talent every single week. Because sometimes we'll have a little bit of a break. You know what I mean? So, really good match with those. Uh, introduction of Jay Lethal into this whole feud, I think, will really benefit not only the feud, but everyone involved in it. So great feud all the way around. And like I said, so when it comes to storytelling, they do a very, very good job. And specifically storytelling, we had MJF come back out following this matchup to pretty much make a matchup next week on Dynamite because obviously teasing, you know, you want to see the match going to the audience, They're teasing him and CM Punk of finally having a match. Like, do you want to see a match? Do you want to see a match? A lot of us here already knew what he was meaning. So eventually when he blurted out, it really wasn't a full surprise. But regardless, CM Punk will be taking on Sean Spears, the chairman himself next week uh, on Dynamite. And we saw Sean Spears come out on Rampage and deliver a promo. And I gotta say, like, I, I, I liked Sean Spears when he was in WWE. That Perfect 10 concept was actually phenomenal. I really liked it. It really worked. It adapted well. Audiences fucking loved it. I don't understand how... And even he said, like, you know, I went down that same page. I've come through... I've come down that same road. You know, claiming that he's not marketable. I do feel the guy is very marketable. There's different type of story concepts or different type of character developments that you can really do with a character to make them very marketable. That Perfect 10 aspect or Perfect 10 concept was extremely marketable. I don't understand why they had a hard time marketing that. That, to me, is not really the talent's fault. That's more of the promotional fault. But I feel the chairman gimmick that he has right now is phenomenal. I love it. It really works well for him. And he get he went on that mic and it just kind of re reminded me 
of how good this guy is being able to like the audience were always just booing 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 but he just kept going with it because he knows that he's doing a good thing because he's getting that reaction where a lot of talent is what the reaction you want to get you want to be able to instigate a reaction from the audience and he's doing a phenomenal job at that love the promo can't wait to see the match for next week i want to see sean spears and more in action like he did that one little thing on rampage with obviously a squash match regardless but i want to see him being in more uh uh involved matches and i feel the one with punk is going to be fun i feel that one's going to be an extremely fun match because it is very true these two came from the same roads these two came from the same struggles they're familiar with the issues that the other promotion had so it's kind of interesting to see how these two are going to be progressing now we're going to be moving on to another progressing state here again ladies and gentlemen like i said this is going to be a shorter episode i got to go through these because i got a lot of stuff to do because i'm leaving again tomorrow uh but we are going to talk about adam page finally coming out talking about how in the last few weeks or something he's been 90 minutes in probably in the ring with probably one of the best talents there is in the industry today and that is brian danielson i couldn't agree more both of those guys had absolutely phenomenal matches that showcased two different type of styles and that's very difficult to do you had one technical style of matchup that went 60 minutes between these two then you had really one aggressive physical matchup that went about 40 minutes or more but these two are able to deliver in that ring and obviously for adam page who has retained that championship what's next for him what is going to be next who's going to be the next challenger dan lambert came out and I already hated it. <laughs> again, Dan Lambert is an individual who I said before, and I will say it again, from a heel perspective, does his job very well because the audience fucking hate him. There was a point in time where he comes out. There was an audience member that I heard to just yelled out, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> congratulations, Dan. That's exactly what you want. And congratulations to the audience member. That's exactly the reaction they want you to give. Back and forth with these two. There was obviously an instance there where Dan Lambert is out here because he's not trying to attack Adam Page. He's more along the line saying, like, you worked for that championship. Where a lot of people, you know, he 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 respects the road that he's been through to be able to have that title on his shoulder around his waist. Um, but, uh, but his whole thing is, you know, the whole gimmick of the cowboy shit is should it's he's kind of ruining it because he doesn't believe he's a cowboy. Now, I don't know much about where uh, Page came from. From my understanding, he did live in a farm. He did have cattle. He did have a bunch of shit. My understanding, a lot of the, what he has gone through in life is very cowboy-related shit. But regardless of that, good back and forth. We're trying to tease, obviously, a new opponent to come in, and the one person that came through was Lance Archer. Now, last we saw Lance, he had that scare from a moonsault from the top rope where he landed on his neck. So there was a big scare for him because obviously from fans point of view we hope he's not hurt we hope he doesn't have a broken neck that's the last thing we want to see someone or something happen to someone just how we saw ray phoenix in his dislocated elbow which by the way thank god it's only a dislocated elbow and we hope and we wish him a speedy recovery and a healthy recovery when he comes back to AEW. but regardless of that lance archer comes through looking phenomenal the guy looks great coming through teasing to go and attack on lambert gets in the ring holding lambert there and then boom attacks adam page we now have the next opponent to adam page's AEW championship and that is lance archer this is a big big challenge for adam page because lance is no fucking joke he's a big guy he's an individual that he he's coming to the ring you can tell he wants to hurt you he has a very new japan pro style uh pro wrestling style where it's very heavy hitting very hardcore um 
So I'm excited to see what these two can do because we've seen Adam Page in two different, very different styles of competition, multiple styles of competition, actually. So we know he can be the tactician. We know he can be very aggressive. Now you're coming in with Lance Archer, who's a very much a powerhouse and very aggressive. I don't necessarily think he can do a lot of tactical concepts or a lot of uh, um, technician styles in the ring. He does. He's not, he's not unfamiliar with it. I have seen him do it, but not to a point of, of, of Brian Danielson. So I'm really, really happy to see that he's now implementing himself in the picture for the championship because it's going to be a, a heavy hitting ride with these two competing uh, at one another. And I think it's going to be fucking phenomenal. I really also did like how the fact that Adam Page identified Dan Lambert as a Facebook profile because <laughs> it's true. It's out of date. No one uses it. Just go away, old man. But again, really good kind of build up to that. Dan Lambert obviously had a little back and forth with him uh, in the end. Lance didn't go after Dan. There's not, they're, they're not combining forces in any way. It's just a way to get him closer to Adam Page and then a, and send the message to Adam Page. And his one finishing move on Adam Page on the chair, I am never really comfortable with those. Because of how the chair is positioned, you really have to be trustworthy or trust the individual who is delivering that move that they don't land you on top of the, on top of the chair. Because if that landed on top of the chair, his back would have been gone. Regardless, really good ma or really good kind of build up. Now we have the next challenger in place, and I think it's gonna really work out well for these guys. Now we're gonna move on to our next matchup here, and that was Akura Shida versus Serena Deeb. Oh man, I I I can lie. I'm I'm becoming a Deeb fan. I'm becoming a fan of her aggressiveness in that ring, and it really showcases the difference of character, specifically from. Uh, WWE when she was part of CM Punk's uh, what was a straight-in society. Thank you again, Blender, for reminding me about that name. Completely, completely forgot about it. But I gotta I gotta give give credit where it's where it's due here. She's actually one of these talents that I really wasn't sure about when I first saw her in the ring. But the more and more that I I come to see her in that ring, she is very aggressive, and I like that. Like I like her intensity. I find she has a massive amount of intensity that really keeps my attention. She hates this person, she sees a target, she focuses on that target. And I think all in all, it works tremendously to really pinpoint herself as that truly vicious talent who wants to hurt someone. I found that whole concept there was great. I think this was a way of writing off Sheeta from TV for a little bit. Uh, but overall, Deeb, I'm really starting to like as just this aggressive, I'm a gonna break you talent, and I cannot wait to see what else she can do, specifically in that ring. I've seen a couple of matches that she's had. It's not a full sell for me as of yet, because I'd like to see her more in-ring capabilities. I haven't really seen too many matches with her to really, really give a full uh, opinion of her. But overall, the character that she's building, the attitude she's displaying, the intensity and the ferocity that that's 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 being showcased is something that us fans, some of us at least, truly enjoy. And I want to see more of that in the ring, specifically against individuals that you know will bring back a lot of aggression, a lot of heat, a lot of frustration. But I want to see her going up against other people who don't have that weakness that she, obviously Shida has with the leg. Uh, and see where she can go from there. But I'm excited to see how far D will go in this actual division because it works so very, very well. Speaking of working very well and surprisingly well, was Matt Hardy taking on Penta? 
I, I was okay. I can't be shocked because I know they're both veterans in the industry itself, so they're not they're not newcomers when it comes to the ring. But both of these guys, to my surprise, put on a pretty heavy hitting match. I remember watching it. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually quite enjoyable. These guys are just breaking the shit out of their faces with fists. Yes. Overall, great match back and forth. Uh, pending to get the victory on this one. The ending part of this was the introduction of the new member of the House of Black. And that was Brody King. Yes, a non-WWE guy debuts in AEW. Oh my god! It is really, really cool to see him now in AEW. There was the teaser of obviously Malachi Black saying that, you know, you're, you're no longer a king or whatever it was or anything of that nature. So there was a lot of, there was a, while there was a little bit of segments of Malachi Black obviously spitting something on, some, on a hooded figure that we weren't aware of. Uh, a lot of people already knew it was going to be Brody King because these two do a lot of indie stuff together. Even when in AEW with Malachi Black, these two do a lot of indie stuff together. From my understanding... They are current tag team champions for, I think I want to say MLW, but I may not be sure. But they are current tag team champions for a certain indie division. Uh, so they, they they continuously to this day work together. So it's kind of cool to see Brody King now in AEW and now kind of partnering once again with Malachi Black, someone who's very custom to. Now, my one question I have, and I got to really ask this, is can we please tie these individuals down to the ground and start counting the amount of tattoos on them? Who will win in the tattoo count? Who will be the one man that will have the miraculous amount of tattoos that we're actually never never aware of? Let's tie them down and, uh, and definitely count the tattoos. This is starting to sound very sexual. But you know what? I'm all for that. But ladies and gentlemen, yes, that is uh, a newcomer here in the AEW, Brody King. Uh, the House of Black is definitely growing. We don't know who the final member will be because a long time ago there was a teaser of three people in the House of Black. Malachi Black being one of them. Brody King now another. So who is that third person? Uh, and there's the speculations going around or anything of that nature. You know what I mean? Like for me, I would absolutely love to see Kevin Cross being one of the third members of the actual House of Black. You know, he's someone who's very intense. He's somebody who's very uh, martial arts style, very martial arts orientated. He has a lot of combat sports around him. He knows how to compete in that ring and has a certain character style that I think would work very well with House of Black as well. Uh, but obviously that's 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 just what I feel. There's a ton of other individuals out there like Rotunda is another one that a lot of people are really wanting the Bray Wyatt character really wanting to come back you know there was a teaser online that I saw somewhere I don't know if it was I may have been fake but it was a really really well done fake kind of promo or a, a video package of Wyatt bringing back that Bray Wyatt character the original one um so it's interesting to see then if that's going to go down so again there, there's a lot to it that I think it just depicts what time we'll, we'll get all that details, but really, really well, slow paced. Now they're starting to introduce the House of Black members. Now they're starting to introduce kind of newcomers into, into AEW. Again, it's a slow introduction of a lot of these guys, and that's great, and that's fantastic. I think that works out very well. But again, the biggest concern in a lot of people's mind here is overflowing of the roster. There is quite a bit of people coming in. And can the roster fulfill it? And are we going to see a lot of these guys, original AEW guys, starting to get pushed back because a lot of these guys are starting to come forward now? Uh, regardless, really well done. Matt Hardy and Penta, really fantastic match. I surprisingly have really enjoyed it. 
and it was one of these matches that I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. The following match with that, the following match that was okay as well was uh, the Acclaim versus, was it Bear Country, I believe? Bear Country. Not gonna lie, this was a break match for me. <laughs> this this is one of these matches where I'm like, okay, I need to take a little bit of time to myself right now. Um, Acclaim, I'm starting to like a little bit. They're really identified as the number one tag team in AEW right now because they're just very much undefeated. Uh, they do have losses, I believe, under the, under their belts, but their their consecutive wins is is pretty well uh, established. Bear Country, primarily powerhouse. They these guys are big guys who can powerhouse anyone, throw people around as if they're a bag of potatoes that's gone bad. They do a very good job at it. They do a very good job at making people aware that they're nothing but throwing dummies. But regardless of that, Claim picking up a massive victory on that one. Great elbow drop by uh by by the one Claim member, which I cannot remember because I don't remember his name. But regardless of that, really well done. Um, not really much to say about that match. The promo segment of Pac. Are we getting a Daredevil character in wrestling? Is all I gotta say about that. So Pac obviously has been blinded. He has a full eye mask going on now where he's blinded but now he truly sees it legitimately to me looks like daredevil is coming to aew considering how quick paced Pac is uh but i'm i, I like that like i still like the promo because it, it it's showing kind of a maturity or a uh a mold of another type of character coming out for him you know what i mean like a lot of these characters will mature with time and i find out what's happening with him it's just maturing with time so i'm curious where this is gonna go he did have like a set of cards as well so again i don't, I don't know where this character development is going but i'm intrigued to see where it's going to go because it's one of these things where we know he can perform in that ring fucking phenomenally that guy is one hell of a, a competitor in that ring and i'm totally a hundred percent down to seeing him back in that ring uh, but I just don't necessarily know where they're going with this. Like, is he going to compete with a blindfold on? Is he going to complete blind? Like, I, I just don't know. So that I can't wait to see where that's going to come through uh, and see where that's going to go because it intrigued me. It intrigued me specifically for our main event where we have our interim, which I have no fucking clue what that means, but sure, our interim TNT champion taking on Sammy Guevara. Holy shit, the guy impressed me. Aggressive. Aggressive. The guy has this aggressive look, has aggressive face. The guy has aggressive attitude, has an aggressive style. Sammy Guevara really worked well with that aggressive style. Both of these guys had fantastic chemistry in the ring. I loved it all. I will say this, though. Sammy and uh, uh, Daniel Garcia has a tendency of really spitting in that ring. Saliva's all over his face. It's as if he's trying to give himself a bath with his own mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little weird. For those of you listening to podcasts, I spat up and made it look as if he's showering on me, all right? That's that's the benefit about watching on YouTube. I don't have to describe that. So this, this feud really brought together the issues obviously going on with the Inner Circle and 2.0 and uh, Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Like, there's, there's storytelling that's being developed here, utilizing multiple people and multiple groups that are just coming together very well. So again, it's a lot of the storytelling that's being done on multiple fronts of 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 just competition. So like 2.0, multiple people on there are having one story with somebody else. You know, Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia had a fantastic story there. Then we have Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. It's all spewing down from the multitude of stories that's being told to us fans. 
And again, I've said this on so many occasions, and I will continue to say this because it's true. It's very good progressive storytelling for fans because it is just one of these stories that just continues to provide us different type of aspects that we truly enjoy. Like the Eddie Kingston and Jericho, dude, this story started up because they were helping each other. Attack 2.0 who were attacking them. But there's animosity because they don't need help from one another. So that also is building up. You have 2.0 obviously going with uh, developing the story with the inner circle. Then you have obviously the Sammy Garcia and Daniel, or sorry, uh, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia matchup, which was a phenomenal matchup. I'd love to see those guys at it again. I am, again, very impressed with Daniel Garcia. However, there's a couple things I would like to see. I'd like to see him in more matches. Uh, his facial expressions work very well. That's the one biggest thing about wrestling, specifically when you're in the ring. And this is what I was taught when I was going through wrestling as well with Santino Morella, Anthony Corelli, uh, Yuki Shikawa, and all these guys is that facial expression is one of the biggest things you need to have in that ring to be able to sell certain aspects. If you don't have the facial expression, a lot of fans can't connect with you that way. So I find Daniel Garcia has a really great way of expressing frustration, pain, uh, just in general, the progression of the match, he just, he gets more and more frustrated and he really shows that in his face. Really good selling, really good storytelling from that aspect. And I find that for him, I want to see him in more singles competition against bigger, more variety, more different type of styles of characters to see how he can adapt to them. But him and Sammy, fantastic main event. These two brought on a fantastic and a phenomenal main event uh, and really ended the show very, very well. Again, great, great um, competition for both of them. There was, one, there was one moment in that matchup that I feel that if you're going to copy somebody else's finisher, please, please, please try to do it correctly because there is always risk of, of hurting somebody. And it was Sammy Guevara doing the crossroads because obviously Cody Rhodes coming back. They're going to have a match to meld the two TNT championships because he's the interim champion, which again makes no fucking sense, but whatever. The crossroads that he did, he went the wrong way and pretty much spiked Daniel's head against the mat. Again, it's one of these things where stuff like that happens. It's a risk that involves in wrestling. You're going to hurt. You may get hurt. You may uh, suffer situations at hand that you just can't control. I found it is just one of these things where you should really, really do that move a few times to really understand how that move moment goes. Because I just said he's just had he just had a very a very um very bad way of doing it and landed pretty badly on Daniel. Thankfully he's thankfully he was okay. But regardless, I, I think I think everything in this matchup was done very well and I'd love to see these guys go at it again. But yeah, no, the the whole the whole underlining story here is again the confrontation in hand with Eddie Kingston and Jericho, which I think will be a phenomenal matchup. And I truly do hope that Eddie Kingston does get the victory on this one. Because I found a lot of these matches and, and feuds that Eddie is involved in, he's always on the losing end of them. But I will always say this: the guy does like even if he loses, he looks good at it. The guy still looks good at losing and still remaining strong as a strong independent character. Like he has a certain attitude to him that like he will fight, he will bring the fight. If he loses, he's gonna come back and fight regardless of that. Like he just has this kind of persona that you just want to see him continuously in fights. We don't care if he loses, we just want to see him fight. That's the main thing about it. And I think with him and Jericho, I think he definitely 
from a requirement point of view, I feel he does require the win with, against Jericho a little bit more than Jericho needs to win against him. But overall, it's long-term storytelling that we're seeing in progression here. And the more and more these two come face-to-face -face trying to protect their crew or trying to attack another uh, group that just keeps antagonizing them, it's just one of these things where we're starting to see that story develop more and more. And we just want to see them go at it. Like, fuck 2.0. We don't give a shit about them anymore. Just let's see these two guys go at it because they feel they don't need one another. They don't, heat, they don't need help from one another. So let's just say, fuck it, get in the ring and see what the fuck you guys can do. It's anticipation from a fan's point of view. And at AEW, build it so well. Because if you have a pay-per-view, which they run one every three, four months, whatever it is. Dude, that is a fantastic format because you build so much anticipation that we as fans literally say, I have to buy this pay-per-view. When you have it on monthly, the way that WWE does, and not saying that you can't build anticipation on a monthly basis, they've been doing that for years. However, it's a lot harder to really truly build a very long lasting and very, oh my God, I need to buy this pay-per-view feeling when you just do them so frequently. There's no buildup. There's, there's very little when it comes to like really getting excited over it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with the way that AEW does, they make pay-per-views truly feel that much more important because of the the amount that they do them is so spread out that you build throughout those weeks leading to that pay-per-view and you just build and build and build and anticipation anticipation you build and anticipation like they don't put them in the match together like the mjf and cm punk i guarantee you will go down at a pay-per-view they will continuously build this guy up this next week will be or the following week may be cm punk versus dax next week that may be cm punk versus cash wilder that like it's just there's more and more and more that can be brought forth to build a story over and over and progress that story over and over to be able to get to the final climax of it to get the end result and for fans it's fantastic there's a lot of fans out there that are very impatient when it comes to that and they want to just see the top match right then and there it's you, you can't have that like this is storytelling you have to identify longevity with it you have to be able to say hey like i want to watch these guys i want to watch this programming i want to watch these guys fight and everything and every single week they're building it up beautifully it doesn't become it doesn't seem to become repetitive it doesn't seem to be kind of swaying it doesn't really feel like it's it's like okay these guys are getting great like i haven't had that feeling at all when it came to aew like wwe yes i've had that feeling because heaven forbids there's X so many times we can see the same two guys going at it in the ring over and over and over again. Like, how many times have we seen, and I'm not trying to downgrade them in any way, shape, or form, New Day versus uh, the Usos. Dude, those guys, every single time they compete, they deliver amazing, they're the top matches of the fucking night because they know how to work well together. But you have four guys out of a roster of hundreds of people those are the only four that really can put on the best matches for you. Like you should be building more tag teams, more more people to be able to have phenomenal matches and moments in a ring to be able to get us more entertained. But again, when you have that over and over and over again, over again, just actually one example I can give with the over repetitiveness of it was Bray Wyatt's character with the Wyatt Foundation. Dude, Wyatt can deliver on the microphone. When you use him the exact same way every single week, and the fans get to a point where they're like, oh my god, this is the same thing over and over again. Like, yeah, it, it, there's certain things that you shouldn't be so repetitive with. If something works, 
What is the main term that we've always said? Less is more. Give us less of it because every time you give us less of it, when it does happen, we're that much more enthusiastic about it. So it's just one of these things where they're, they're, they're not over, they're not overusing, they're not doing the same thing every single week. It's very new, very different. And you know, it's just, it's entertaining for us fans. All right, I went a lot more than I wanted to go with this episode. I told you I was going to talk. I was going to be, I was going to make this a very short episode. I fucking talked. <laughs> so unfortunately, I went a little bit longer. So I'm going to have to edit this thing up now because I got to get ready and stuff like that. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, please do me a favor. Hit a like to the video. Hit a sub to the channel. Share the video out as well. Let me know in the comment section below what were your favorite matches from this past AEW shows, whether it was on Dynamite, whether it was on Rampage. You let me know in the comment section below. You guys can also find us on on twitter at crossface costin you guys can also find us on facebook at crossface with costin you guys can find all the links in the description there below and if you're listening on podcast you can find those links on there as well because i do put them on there as well in the description of the show so please do me a favor check those out also if you're listening on apple podcast leave us a review it always helps us tremendously for those of you who have left reviews already thank you so very much it does truly help me to identify that the show is good what you enjoy about it and if you want to see more and if you have any questions please feel free to ask because i can reference them and showcase them into the next episode and i will answer them on the actual episode itself so please do me a favor ladies and gentlemen leave me a question whether it's on the youtube video or on the podcast and i'll make sure to check it out for you guys and answer them thank you so much for listening guys i appreciate you make sure to check out these two videos right here and i am out <laughs>